I should like you, you should have the pride of youth, the ambition of youth, but pride and ambition to do something worthwhile, something big. All of you may not become geniuses, but some of you might, and others, if they are not geniuses, yet can do many things worthwhile in some department of human activity. I don't like people who have no pride, no ambition, who are just sloppy people. Now, if you have pride and ambition, again, in order to achieve the object of your pride, and for the moment I'm using these words not in a small personal sense, not pride in getting money, that's the silliest of all, or pride in going, or getting a job, certainly get a job by all means. But when you use the word pride and ambition, you should think of some big thing, even in a personal sense. If you are a scientist, well, think of being an Einstein or something like that. Not merely a, a reader in your university. If you are a doctor, a medical man, think of some, some tremendous discovery which will bring healing to the human race. If you are an engineer, think of some wonderful um, engineering feats that you can do and so on. Have pride, aim at something big, because the mere act of your aiming at something big makes you big. Maybe not that big, but it makes you big. On this episode of Design for Good, we're in conversation with Sudhanshu Kaushik, who is the founder of Young India Foundation, a national youth organization that works on youth rights and representation by recruiting and training young political candidates in India. Sudhanshu grew up between the United States and India and is currently based out of New Delhi. I started YF in 2017, okay. but then permanently trying to, you know, really work on it full time. So you relocated? Yeah, I relocated. How did that happen? Tell us how you got there. Spending so much time in like this kind of a system, like you obviously had a social circle here and, mm. you know, like you had a life here. And how does one move from the so-called developed world back to India? Not that I'm saying that you didn't have roots or anything. I'm just saying that you kind of like had a full establishment here and you're kind of like starting from scratch socially at least like with friends and stuff like would you no i i've always kept up to date right it's mm -hmm. and i moved there because i was passionate about it i didn't go there because it was a move because i was work, doing it for a career move or or like you know some issue that had come up i did it you know proactively and i did it because i knew that this was the need of the moment for my own life and what i wanted to do so in that term, like, you know, and, you know, in, in the work that I'm in, um, your work is your life, your social life, your, there's no balance in that essence. And I make friends through work. Um, and I've always, you know, in that term, in that sense, I've always maintained um, a balance of that sort um, in India here. So I never felt that way, that I was like uprooting something. Okay. I was just crazily, you know, pursuing my dreams. Mm -hmm. And how did that happen? Like, how did YF, like, how was it born? What's the inspiration behind it? And uh, So YF was actually born out of, I mean, there are phases of it, right? Um, my own experiences, the experiences of people that have been part of YF and 
the experiences of people we've helped with YAF. So the initial beginning was not what it is now, but it started, you know, being a victim of ageism over and over again. You're too young. Mm -hmm. You're a child to do this. You're this over and over again. And Did you hear that a lot? A hundred percent. I mean, and all of us hear that, right? You're and, and in any instance, whether it's your career, whether it's your personal life, your romantic life, your, um, you know, whatever you facet that we have, it's always facing ageism over and over again. So that's how, you know, these, what we wanted to work on and what I wanted to work on came out of. And, and I saw that in politics and policymaking and representation, there was a big gap. As we transformed, as we evolved, you know, YF isn't just a, uh, I say, like a, a something out of one person's mind. It's, it's a collection of people from India and their experiences and their thoughts and trying to just, you know, kind of adapt and mold ourselves into uh, what we focus on right now, especially getting young people to uh, be elected wasn't just, you know, my idea. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, grew up here, so I knew a lot of these political action committees that did help. But in fact, the credit goes to, you know, this young man from uh, middle of nowhere, uh, Haryana, who came up and said, uh, lecture to both of you, but you can help me. You know, that kind of like, you know, it was really uh, their idea of like, okay, like, you know, you're you're saying all this, but how will you help me? Because I want to contest. I'm aware of how, you know, young people are so, um, you know, consequential to our nation, but how can I get up there? So um, that kind of is what started um, YF in terms of, you know, what we're doing now. So, so again, it's a collection of people's thoughts and, 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 and how we've been molded. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little more about like your hashtag Y25. So Y25 is to raise awareness. We started that off when we were trying to raise awareness of the age of when you can contest as a member of parliament and a member of legislative assembly. Um, right now it's 25. Uh, the demographics don't add up. Um, there are 630 million people below the age of 25 in India. There are over 60% of India's total population below the age of 29. And um, basically, we have right now, currently, uh, zero member of parliamentarians below the age of 30. Uh, we have, we've had zero since 20, early 2018. But the two main parties, the Congress and the BJP, nominated less than four people um, below the age of 30 as a candidate just nominated wow. both parties so they contested in over 700 seats four people uh, that's not reflective of the demographics mm. so where's the representation so we wanted the supreme court as well as the parliament to decrease the representations of people's act of 1951 um, from the current 25 to something lower 21 18 more reflective of all democracies around the world but also uh, more reflective and inclusive of, of india's demographic um and we believe that you know if there are some voices that are brought upon um from you know this age group that mm -hmm. more of the concerns of young people will be vocalized and, and more you know policies will be made that will be prescribed for and by Absolutely. india's young yeah and um What's something you've learned about the young people in India while you've worked with them and interacted with them over the past so many years? Is there something like... Yeah, the one thing that I've learned is not to generalize. Okay. <laughs> He's young. Uh, they're way too diverse, way too different. Um, you know, you can't prescribe, you know, some... I've obviously... The, uh, the urban elite are on one end, but then what about the rural disenfranchised at the other so the 
the range of young people because they're just everywhere and they're just so many uh, is so diverse so we really have to you know comply and understand that that young people are incredibly way too diverse for some you know uh, politician to go on national media and say the youth will change India <laughs> or the youth yeah. will bring about this because yeah. what we need what we you know not collectively as an as an individual as a group in different subsects is different from another group of mm-hmm. young people mm-hmm. I am at a different point in life than someone from the same age same gender same caste but because of their location or their circumstances will be from a different absolutely uh, situation and so on and so forth you take all these variables of gender caste um age um your urban rural background how educated you are and all these variables so just these circumstances differ so much right and at YF like what the people who you work with do they also come from different backgrounds yeah of course so you know we have different people from uh, a variety of backgrounds our main team obviously because it's centered around Delhi comes from an urban background but then we have you know rural outreaches we have you know district presidents we have state presidents who are from rural backgrounds so we try to have a collective group and we're growing right so we've just started where we're a volunteer driven organization and the more we grow the more we'll figure it out sounds great um so my next question for you is about delhi of course because you've now lived there properly mm-hmm. for like a year what is something that you feel um the city's given you or like you felt that you know like a like a positive sort of thing and one thing that you feel like you're missing out on or, or something that you feel like is absent in the way that your life is um in delhi i think delhi has given me uh I think layers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I growing up in Alabama, I have you know these backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, even in my time in New York, like it's a great, beautiful city. But how much history is there, and how much history is there Absolutely. to connect me yeah. uh, with, right? Um, I'm someone who has studied South Asia, specifically India. My interests revolve around India. So being in New York is wonderful at one degree because I had a flexibility, and in Alabama, it was shit. But Uh, there's certain degrees of flexibility you can have being in delhi you know i get to live and breathe the british empire i get to live and breathe parts of the mughal empire i get to live and breathe you know Seven the empires yeah the empires right? that came before mm-hmm. and and what they left and the legacies that they've given um and and the cultures that they've kind of influenced um and that's really like really interesting uh okay. interesting to me but also it's changed day to day like do you, do you feel that every day uh, yeah i mean if you think about it think about so that's the thing about india right so if you go around just living you'll be like oh this is standard but then yeah. you know the food you're eating the way you're going in what parts you're living in how you're talking to people what you're doing um are all influenced by these vastly different parts and histories of india um that you know come are vastly significantly different so then you just don't understand um at that point but yeah if you're actively thinking about okay i'm eating this samosa but when did samosa come in right exactly. you're thinking about it yeah um, what part of delhi am i eating that samosa because is Absolutely. it in i don't know is it you know in uh neru place or is it in chandni chowk or is it whatever and that is vastly different if i'm meeting in gurgaon you know that's something very very, very contemporary different. indian yeah right? and also like delhi is no longer just delhi now it's, it's like NCR. it's ncr and yeah. that's so many different cultures and communities right. and food and people and um it's, it's languages quite yeah just dialects within yeah. that you know and 
I think that's that's really changed the way that we look at the capital, and I think it's great to some extent. Um, so about YF, like, what is um, now that you're building a brand with YF? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think about the look and feel or the design of how your your organization is perceived? Because I see like all the content that you put out there mm-hmm. is branded in so in in a way, you know. Right. The videos look a certain way. The the Instagram posts look like. You know, they're all thought out. So you have a team of people and how did you recruit them or like what is the brief to them? What do you what did you think before you started? Yeah, so I can't take credit for that. All mm-hmm. of that is by our social media team, you know, Rhythm and Shlomo who read this, um, who lead the social media team there. You know, there's um, basically Shibam who does visuals. There, there's such a Haya who does Twitter and, and, and yeah. Ayomi who does Instagram. But anyways, um, and, and Shreya who actually creates all this content. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of thoughts and ideas involved um, within this uh, kind of uh, team of people. Um, and, and so I can't take credit for that. But I think in terms of aesthetics and vibes that we're going for, and you know, it's made me focus more on how people perceive and what they're taking in as we've tried to keep it casual we've tried to keep it very like approachable nothing too pretentious nothing too basic have a clean concise um obviously reflective of you know what we're dealing with india's politics so then you know the national colors also take part and we're kind of doing that but something that's you know light that we've really gone for instead of everything being so dark and damp and heavy Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. content we're talking about is you know very very heavy in some cases, mm-hmm. um, complicated, mm-hmm. but the way that we want people to kind of digest that is light mm-hmm. art and so light colors. So you're saying like whatever messages you put out, it goes through like the branding filter, right? Like it, yeah, it I fits mean, everything yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's, and that's, you know, yeah. uh, rhythm and Shlomo yeah. is doing is, is they really like put Created a lot of a brand. Yeah. And that's, to, that's yeah. so nice. So what do you think? How, how important do you think is branding and design to get messages across or for people to let's say like hmm. identify with an organization or a party or like if you have um, a set identity that you build do right. you think people feel a sense of belonging I mean I think I, I think in politics I would say not mm-hmm. just governance but in right. politics specifically branding identity colors mm-hmm. say a lot mm-hmm. they say more than uh, they need to I mean think about it this way uh right now as someone who's interested in india we have to think very heavily uh before using the color saffron absolutely um, <laughs> and that speaks a lot about you know yeah, how influential and how it sure. is and, and i yeah. remember like you know going through uh yf colors and you know i wanted the indian colors for sure lighted but then i was like oh not too much orange yeah. because what, what you yeah. know or not too much yeah. this right and you also said that you know you you have chapters in different parts of the country right. so you have you have a yf pune you mm-hmm. have a yf punjab mm-hmm. and and the way that people uh that you communicate to people in these different cities and states is definitely going to be different you know so i guess design has an important role yeah to play. i mean what you communicate basically. so i'm really curious about how so we just started uh, YF Kolkata and uh, I'm really curious about how that goes because that's starkly different and in, in, in terms of communication so normally the metropolitan cities we're in Chalta right like mm-hmm. you know you're in Pune you're in Bombay you're in Bangalore etc right mm-hmm. uh, Chennai kind of you know but Chennai and Kolkata are going to be kind of different because politically they're very different so how we kind of like try to attract people and what, they, what we say so yeah, yeah. Um, what attracts what kind of does not attract yeah. it really 
and another thing that that we have discussed in the past and i just want to emphasize a little more mm-hmm. like what are your thoughts on there being a ministry of design in our government yeah so i think going from you know how much design is in politics because that's super significant um you know we're very vocal about carrying the red flags if we are from the communist strain we're very vocal about uh you know carrying the saffron bugwa flags if we're from another strain and then you know the patriotic will see the waving of the flag for sure and just that and also like so many things rely on problem solving and design is just that yeah but i don't think it's translated so i don't think like our emphasis on design and and branding has translated from politics to governance i think yeah. there's a big big gap between the two right um that we i think need to merge for sure um very soon um but again you know you ugh, for example just now um i i'm going to pull it up but the dd channel did a doodoshin right yeah. did a um logo rebrand yeah logo rebrand and they did mm-hmm. a competition of it and the logos are terrible <laughs> You know, there are like five or six chances and like I tweeted I was like right. can someone tell Durdarshan about Canva because you know it literally like look at these right and this is the national carrier that has a history of more than like 60 70 years Exactly my point it's like <laughs> What like, is this bird? I have no idea. It's It's like those windows birds like, a... <laughs> like But and, yeah. And I was just thinking so like there are so many instances where uh just in our daily lives you know as citizens who live in cities that are urban and hmm. our population is such that like we share spaces and people's needs are so different design is really important for life to be smooth for there to for there to be like some kind of um sense in in like you know whatever civic society the way the way that you inhabit where you live where you go shop where you go maybe like you know socialize or whatever and uh we don't have anything like that and there are so many mm. cities in the world i mean i don't really have to cite an example but there are ways that you can really um sort of monitor what goes out in public how because all of that is so important for the perception of a of a city or like let's say just just the way that you perceive the functioning of a society like mm. how is it designed you think of one country or one city there is some sort of perception that they've created because they've kind of monitored how hmm. they're putting out information how they're communicating to their people that's my that's my only like thought about having a ministry that sort of like gives some kind of structure uh, in that way it's not just about you know zoning laws but mm-hmm. i i i would assume that it's also just a more legal and systematic approach of what can you build and what you can't build or right. how you build right. like okay so i'm Absolutely. going to build one of the most expensive malls in all of asia right but right next to it there's going to be a busty yeah, right and then yeah. also at that point is yes we built the infrastructure yes we got chanel and dior to come in but we forgot the plumbing and the you know limited access so yeah. then let's do yeah. generator so you know these like basic things i feel like I, and i'm not the right person to talk but about this and i don't know enough but in com- in comparative aspects there needs to be a more state push it can't be privately driven it can't be Absolutely. Uh, something be. else it mm-hmm. has to be like a state driven kind of like um policy and a formative one that's yeah. that's really implemented to make sure that there's a structure to you know urban policy and urban governance yeah so it could just be like a sub body in, of, in the uh, urban in, in the urban yeah absolutely the, yeah that's what i feel and um 
But I guess you have to raise a kind of awareness about it because then sure. when we're thinking about again, and we talked about this, like okay, we have the you know urban development ministry, but smart cities. No one really knows what smart cities are. <laughs> exactly, like so big. And, yeah, idea. and I've talked to people. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll you know, and I've talked and I've listened to a lot of podcasts as well. And I mean, if you go and see the seen and unseen in urban cities and, mm-hmm. and urban development, they'll talk about you know the government. They'll talk about you know representation. They'll talk about schemes and 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 a lot of infrastructure, but they don't talk about design. And branding, which is super, super important, so especially in places where there is so much history. Absolutely. And that should be part of it. And that's a big, big casualty of even these people who are dermed as progressive thinkers yeah, and all this. Sure. No one's thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, thematically pushing these cities and, and, and getting them represented in, in the history and cultures that they have. So if a young person um, wants to get involved in the community or do something that sort of impacts society or do something for good you know what do you think is a good place to begin this could be in could be in politics could be could be any socially driven project and i'm asking you because you started in a place where you know you you kind of started from scratch with this foundation like you mm-hmm. built it right mm-hmm. over the course of three years or um, wh- what is a good place for them to start like what where should some so you have an idea where should you start um, I think that's the hardest because I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of YF, we're trying to tear down the ger- gerontocracy that exists in India. That won't happen within the government. It'll happen with outside pressure, right? Um, you know, so I, I think it generally depends on what you're trying to do and where you're trying to do. When it comes to, I feel like design, and this is just my own opinion, design and branding and trying to put a more concentrated effort, I feel that you need to do case studies and and then pressurize and be a lobbyist pressure group towards the ministry, um, which I think is a much more acceptable way mm-hmm. uh, to see. Hey, we've done this. Now apply this to mm-hmm. a city. Give us that chance, and, and I think it works. And they're quick to. Well, if we were to just take YF as an example, mm-hmm. what is where did you start? How did you start? You know, you had this by idea. ranting, by ranting, <laughs> by ranting against you know the, the government, mm-hmm. politics, the current society. But you know that's diff- That's something else. We're completely butting heads. We're trying to say what you've been doing is entirely wrong because it's not representative or uh, you're not consciously making an effort to adjust and adapt or to represent young people. So for that essence, I think it, you know, we were completely different, but especially for, you know, for doing something good in terms of design and branding, I don't think you have to be at odds with the state or the government. You just have to work with them, but tactically work for them. If you go and say, hey, well, I have an idea, I don't think they'll listen or care. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're able to give them a case study and, and something that you've implemented on a small local level, mm-hmm. then they're they're, I think they're willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. And how important has uh, social media been in this whole journey? I think social media is super interesting, except where it's not saturated. So, for example, like Twitter for politics is oversaturated. Right. Right. You won't get a voice really there. But then you have like these, you know, hotspots on Instagram and and other places where people you know it's the food blogger the fashion blogger and then bam you know someone talking about social good yeah (laughs) right and that's a relief and people really Mm -hmm. that pick it up so i think instagram has been super interesting Mm -hmm. for us and uh to just build like a group of people who are equally driven Mm -hmm. or like have the same sort of ideas as you not the same ideas but like have the same kind of goal or agenda as you um how do you go about finding these people 
Uh, they come to you, but um, <laughs> but I think you have to give them a sense of ownership, and that's what YF is about. YF is not about a single entity, a single individual. Mm-hmm. It's about the collection of individuals and, and young people who are genuinely passionate about changing um, India, and a lot of people are passionate about it. It's just that you know they come back and forth. They have to do all these things. So um, just giving them a sense of direction, giving a sense of uh, place, home kind of ownership is what really works and what drives people. Absolutely. And uh, what are some challenges you faced? Uh, too many to name. <laughs> um, but really being odds and trying to convince people because there's so many different opinions and people not willing to hear you out. Uh, I go to so many events and talks where I'm trying to advocate for intergenerational justice, right? J- justice between generations, not, oh my god, youth rights, youth rights, put up young people. I'm saying, let's have the same equal, equal rights as young people, as the middle-aged, as the elderly. Yet, people don't hear me out. I mean, so many instances where, you know, an old uncle will be like, what you're saying is stupid, this, yeah, boy. And at this point, I'm just like, did you listen to the talk? And then I asked them, what did I say? And then they'll give me wrong facts. And I was like, no, obviously you weren't listening. Because all what you just said are completely wrong. That's not what I was saying. So it's just, you know, you always have pushback constantly. And trying to, I mean, I'm really bad at it because I'm passionate about it. So as soon as someone pushes back, I'm just like, no, you're wrong. But here are the right reasons. If someone is factually correct, then I'll listen to them. But a lot of times I've just felt like people aren't willing to listen. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, so you do think that it's possible to make a career out of um, doing social good or like making an impact or like... 100%. I think at the end of the day, I mean, that personally is what defines my life. Um, I don't think I could ever be in the private private sector. I mean, maybe if I like tried even, I just don't find, <laughs> find my calling there. Um, And that's not to say that everyone should do it, but I just genuinely think that what else, what else could be better than dedicating your life um, and your work and your passion towards something that's going to benefit not only you and the people around you, but future generations and impact um, your, your setting as well, um, while also making a career out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like best of both worlds. So it's hundred percent important. So what's, what's up in the next? few months and in the future for you and for YAF like what are the projects or the collaborations that you're working on so we're just uh, working on a uh, YAF candidate boot camp which uh, we're trying to uh, make running easier right so like peop- there is a lack of information mm-hmm. um, on what it takes to actually run so you'll have you know people talking about politics you'll have people talking about all these big broad ideas but something simple is how do you actually run where the nomination paperwork, what am I supposed to fill, what are the candidate laws. We're trying to simplify that. So what we're doing is we're picking around 10 to 12 people. The first one's going to be in Bombay. Young people below the age of 30, mostly between the ages of 22 to 27. Um, And we're going to simplify the process, um, explain to them how do you run from, you know, setting your social media to the nomination paperwork to booth analysis and, and all these complicated terms, and then help them out throughout the entire process. And uh, let's see how it goes. Well, that sounds incredible and I'm sure it's going to go well. Thank you so much for being on this and for chatting with me. Thank Um, you so much for having me. You can follow both Siddhanshu and Young India Foundation on Instagram. 
to keep up with their work. Sudhanshu also runs his own podcast called Swadeshi Videshi, which is available on all platforms.